We're celebrating a birthday today on CNN Student News, and we're sharing some of your thoughts on police officers using push-ups as punishment. I'm Carl Azus. It all starts right now. Football games often start with a coin toss in the national anthem. Sunday's pregame ceremonies in Kansas City also included a moment of silence. The Kansas City Chiefs held the moment to honor victims of domestic violence and their families. It's an issue with an immediate connection to the Kansas City community and the Chiefs team. Jovan Belcher was a linebacker for Kansas City. Police reports say that on Saturday, Belcher shot and killed his girlfriend, Cassandra Perkins. He drove to the team's practice facility where he then took his own life. When violence like this occurs, you might expect the issue of gun control to come up. You might not expect it to come up during a halftime show. And that's what happened on Sunday night. NBC's Bob Costas talked about it during the Sunday night football broadcast. He quoted another sports reporter, Jason Whitlock, whom Costas agreed with. Here's what he said, quote, Our current gun culture ensures that more and more domestic disputes will end in the ultimate tragedy. Handguns do not enhance our safety. They tempt us to escalate arguments and bait us into embracing confrontation rather than avoiding it. Now, there was an immediate reaction to this online. It wasn't necessarily about gun control. It was about Costas discussing the issue during a sports program. One sports talk show host said, quote, I will gladly debate Jason Whitlock and Bob Costas on gun control. But we tuned in for an NFL game. Ridiculous programming decision. Another person on Twitter said, quote, big ups to Bob Costas for standing up for gun control. Hopefully someday we can actually have a conversation about it as a nation. So on our blog today, we're tossing it to you to get your take. We're focusing on what Bob Costas did. Should he have weighed in on the issue of gun control during halftime, or was this an issue of a bad decision or bad timing? We're looking for your thoughts at CNNStudentNews.com. U.S. government's getting closer to the edge of the fiscal cliff. Congress and the president have until January 1st to agree on a plan to lower the country's debt. That could include how the government takes in money through taxes and how it spends money. If they don't come up with a deal, we know that taxes will go up for all Americans and government spending will also get cut. Ted Rollins looks at what that might mean for one city. First and foremost, there's the Rock Island arsenal. If Congress doesn't act, defense spending will be slashed by $55 billion next year and $450 billion over 10 years, which many fear could put the arsenal in jeopardy. The arsenal is the area's largest employer, and though it's not clear how any cuts would impact the installation specifically, the mere prospect has people worried. Next is health care, another major employer in the Quad Cities. If Congress doesn't act, Medicare reimbursements will initially drop by 2%. Trinity Medical Center in Rock Island is already budgeting for the fiscal cliff. Other possible fiscal cliff cuts that could hit Rock Island include the Army Corps of Engineers. They're here in part to manage the locks along the Mississippi. There's cuts to public education, which the National School Board Association said could have a profound effect if Congress doesn't act. And there are potential cuts to social services. More than 12% of Rock Island's population lives below the poverty line. And of course, there are the tax hikes. At Theo's Coffee Shop, people have a lot to say about Washington, D.C. and the fiscal cliff. James Cheek says he is counting on Congress to prevent his taxes from going up. It's scary. 
you know, it's scary because uh, where's that money going to come from? You know, how am I going to pay that extra tax hike? The potential effects of the fiscal cliff aren't necessarily any more or less significant here in Rock Island than they would be in any other city across the country. The bottom line is, if Congress doesn't act, there will be significant repercussions for the entire country. Ted Rollins, CNN, Rock Island, Illinois. Today's shout-out goes out to Mr. Lynn's social studies classes at Highland High School in Alt, Colorado. Which of these technologies is celebrating its 20th birthday this week? Here we go. Is it the cell phone, artificial heart, DVD, or text message? You've got three seconds. Go. If you guessed the text message, you are right. The first one was sent 20 years ago this week. That's your answer, and that's your shout-out. The text of the first text message, Merry Christmas. The engineer was sending it to his boss, who was at a Christmas party. What started as two words has exploded in the 2.2 trillion texts. That's how many are sent every year just in the U.S. It works out to about $6 billion per day. Text messaging is slowing down a little bit, so some analysts are wondering if it'll BRB. But for a lot of people, especially you guys, it's the most common form of communication. So the idea of texting disappearing anytime soon might just make you LOL. Well, the CNN Heroes program is all about honoring people who are making a difference. People like Malala Yousafzai. She's the Pakistani teenager who was shot by the Taliban because of her support for girls' right to education in her home country. Malala is recovering from the attack, and she has a message for her supporters. Thank you so much for the outpouring of love and support. I thank the people who supported me without distinguishing religion and color. People have actually supported a cause, not an individual. Let's work together, she says. Let's work together to educate girls around the world. Anderson Cooper read Malala's message during Sunday night's CNN Heroes All-Star Tribute Program. Now, Corrine Winter recaps the night and tells us who was the 2012 CNN Hero of the Year. The red carpet outside LA's Shrine Auditorium buzzed with excitement, but this time the bright lights shined on some special stars, everyday people changing the world. And welcome to CNN Heroes and All-Star Tribute. Out of thousands of nominations submitted by CNN's global audience, 10 amazing men and women were singled out for their remarkable heroic efforts to make the world a better place. People like Raja Jan, who's providing a free education to hundreds of girls in rural Afghanistan. I think education is the only thing in the world that can go forward and make life better. And Leo McCarthy, who gives scholarships to kids who pledge not to drink after his daughter was killed by a young driver. Let's change a culture and keep these promising, vibrant kids alive. Olympic swimmer Cullen Jones helped celebrate Wanda Butt's golden moment. Motivated by her son's tragic drowning, she created a nonprofit that's helped more than 1,200 children learn how to swim. It is unbelievable to me that I have come this far from such a tragedy with my son. It was an unforgettable night, capped off with the unveiling of the CNN Hero of the Year, Pushpa Basnet, founder of a children's home in Nepal that helps kids whose parents are in prison. And thank you so much for everyone who voted for me and who believed in my dream. The hope is that their heroic example will inspire countless others. Keep it heroes, 
Kareen Winter, CNN, Los Angeles. Last week, we told you about some Rhode Island police officers who made a group of young people do push-ups instead of arresting or reporting them for allegedly vandalizing a mailbox. On our blog, 75% of you sided with the police, saying you supported the push-up punishment. Hannah wrote, although more could have been done to ensure the alleged vandalism wouldn't happen again, it was a perfectly good punishment. Anyone would rather do push-ups than pay a fine. From Robbie, the punishment would only be okay if it was a small, harmless crime, but if it was a larger crime, it shouldn't be an option. Christine says as much as a punishment was needed, it wasn't up to the police officers themselves to decide what it would be. Mr. Mike's juvenile detention class says the police officers let the suspects off with a good warning as opposed to arresting them on the spot. And Hong wrote, I'm not surprised by this punishment because it's quite popular in my home country. This type of punishment doesn't cause any harm. Today's Before We Go segment is a tale where cuisine meets convenience. This vending machine in a California mall seems a little fishy. It's because it's filled with caviar, fish eggs. Now you can snack while you shop in style. The prices run anywhere from 12 bucks to 500. Add it all up and this machine's filled with $50,000 in merchandise. Some critics say caviar doesn't belong in the food court, but if shoppers are willing to pay, it seems like an excellent idea. If you do have any official complaints, you could take it up with the Sturgeon General, but you might have to vend for yourself because you could just be fighting an upstream battle. We just hope you won't start a row because that would be in bad taste. Woo! We hope you have a great rest of the day. CNN Student News, I'm Carl Azuz.